This is ESPN-UP's Coaches Show, recapping all the action from this week in high school football. Here's your host, Blake Froling. Week three of the high school football season is here, and it is almost over. So we're going to get you caught up on everything you missed last night. It's the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Blake Froling, Ryan Stieg with you here. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. You ready to go? It's your last show, dude. I know. It's it's uh, it's bittersweet today. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, another finale that we have. So we're going to make it a good one. Yeah. All right. So we've got a couple coaches we'll be talking to later in the show. Uh, recap all of their games. Let's get to a couple quick sco- scores to start things off. Our Westwood Patriots lost to Calumet 14-12. to Came down to the final play of the game. A Hail Mary fell short, but... That was expected to be one of the best games in the area, if not the best, and it certainly lived up to the hype. Yeah, um, a little more lower scoring than I thought it would be, mm-hmm. but uh, from what I've heard, it's it was really competitive, and both teams like pretty much brought their A game the whole time. So uh, it was it was one that you wished you could be at, but um, mm-hmm. you know I've heard good things. I'm looking forward to hearing what you had to say. Yeah, so we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Gwyn has not played yet. They the, play today. The Lakeland and Hubble, they always play on Saturdays, usually when they're at home. Mm-hmm. So Gwyn will kick off this afternoon. Ishpeming, in another kind of game of the week, uh, took it to Norway 46-19. to That was more of a surprise. I, I thought Ishpeming would come out on top in that one, but I did not think they win by 33. Yeah, that was... Actually, that was, wait, 32? You want to check that math? Yeah. 30, yeah. We'll get to it. Anyway. 20, 27? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's nine o'clock. It's, it's a little early. For <laughs> I'm math. running on like four hours of sleep. It's all right. It's all right. Nobody. It, it's all right. Just take put your calculators yeah. away, people. Nagani. Yeah. Won on a walk off field goal by Eric Salmon and yeah, thirty to twenty eight over Hancock. We've got another member of our broadcast team in studio here is a big Hancock fan, so he's definitely not a fan of that. Well. I'm sure he'll recover. Yeah, he'll get over it. But Nagani got its first win of the season. It seemed like kind of like a must-win game for him. It, it kind of was. You know, you don't want to start the year 0-3. And, you know, it looked like they were in control the majority of the game. And then Hancock came back and took the lead with just a little bit of time left. And Nagani was able to pull it out. So I'm sure that's a boost for them going into mm-hmm. next week. And then our final game in the area, Marquette beat Sault Ste. Marie 42-20. That was their First win of the season as well. It was uh, it was an interesting game because Marquette jumped out early, but um, Sault Ste. Marie came back and took the lead. They were up 14-13, and then it was all Marquette from there. Uh, Ethan Martish is hard to stop. Um, six receptions, 166 yards receiving, four touchdowns. That's not bad. No, he gets by. Uh, that was also his first game back, I believe, in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. or so. Yeah, so he... Really turned on the Jets. I feel bad for the poor cornerback who hmm. had to cover him because Yikes. He, he would do like his little fake move and he'd be a good 20 yards down the field, you know. So, so what do you do to cover that? <laughs> Just hope like the pass gets overthrown. Yeah, hope he drops it, I <laughs> yeah. guess. So uh, those are the local scores. Uh, we'll recap each game more in detail, talk to the coaches. You know what we're going to do also today is give some power rankings. Oh, you're going to go that route. Yeah, we're going that route. Power rankings season, three games in. Um, we'll get to that towards the end of the show. Let's bring it back to the beginning. Westwood versus Calumet. 
the Copper Kings came out on top 14 to 12. How about this for a stat? This is coming from Westwood's official scorebook because our stats are unofficial. Westwood outgained Calumet 275 yards to 82. Westwood had 18 first downs compared to three for Calumet, yet the Copper Kings won. You see that sometimes. You can, like, statistically outplay a team, and some will end up on the losing end. Like, I remember this one game, I think Ishmael beat Gladstone. They lost to Gladstone last year, but outgained them, like, by 300 yards Mm -hmm. total, and still ended up losing the game. The key to this one, turnovers. Westwood in the first quarter fumbled a snap. Uh, Calumet was able to recover at Westwood's 30 or so, mm-hmm. able to punch it in for a touchdown. And then in the third quarter, Patriots went forward on fourth down, threw an interception. Ball got brought back to about the the Cal- or to the Westwood 30 or 20. They were able to punch it in from there. So their two scoring drives came deep in Westwood territory. So they never had to go the length of the field. They never did because the Westwood defense stopped them. You know, in Westwood's defense, that was like kind of the story of their year last year. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see it carry over that it's still a big strength. Yes, it is absolutely a strength. There was there was nowhere to run. I mean, Travis Ojala had two touchdowns. One was a five-yard run. One was a reception. But other than that, he was bottled up all night. If we go by the official stats here, uh, taken by our good friend Jared Koski, I mean, he had less than 50 yards. I think he was around the 30 mark, and he was tearing up defenses the first two weeks. Yeah, it's just, it shows just how much talent there and how just they understand their schemes. You know, like in the past, you know, Westwood's defense would have their moments, but it wouldn't be consistent. Mm-hmm. Whereas game by game this year, this past year and this year, it's just a good performance every week. But it's the turnovers that killed Westwood. It was, there was a fumble. Westwood had the ball at the goal line, about to score, and they fumbled, and Calumet recovered. So you add on six, maybe eight points to that score, things change completely with that. There was a two-point conversion uh, in the fourth quarter after Ashton Bergman scored a touchdown. Didn't work, so they ended up being down two instead of having a tied game. So a couple little plays here and there doomed Westwood. Those are... Those are the games that hurt, I think, the most. I mean, sometimes you can handle close losses. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like you just came up short. But when it's caused by turnovers and just, you know, kind of mental errors and stuff like that, that, that'll stick in your head, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we should have won this game. Not like we just came up short. It's like, no, this should have been a win. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Injuries were a big concern for Westwood coming into this game. Nathan Beckman hurt his ankle. Uh, in the Iron Mountain game last week, clearly hobbled this week, but he still played. You could even see when he was going from the sideline getting the call to running back to the huddle, he was just hobbling along trying to get by, played most of the game, didn't play much on defense, kind of subbed in and out, but he was clearly not 100%, so you wonder how much of an effect that had on the game as well. Probably a little bit. Uh, Kudos to him for trying to fight his way through it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not easy, especially with an ankle. Um, sometimes, you know, you can fight through maybe an arm thing or, you know, just like some slight twinge in you. But if you're limping around, yeah, it, you're going to have some issues. But, you know, he gutted it out, did the best he could. So good for him. Especially a guy who uses mobility yeah. as his main weapon. That's kind of a Yeah, his top. speed and his uh, ability to find openings, yeah, that's going to hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you had that. Taylor Delangelo also 
was a little banged up. He didn't carry the ball often, so it was left to Ashton Bergman. He carried 38 times for 149 yards and a touchdown. They basically said, you have to be the guy to carry our offense. He did the and best he, he could. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how exhausted that kid was. Yeah. You know, you hear about NFL guys who get 38 carries, and they're pretty wiped after the game. And they, these guys are, like, in shape, right. like, all year, and they're still exhausted after the game. So, Yeah, that was a big night for him, but Westwood came up just short 14-12. to 12. Um, Westwood uh, got the ball back after a big fourth down stop late in the fourth quarter, had no timeouts, tried to drive the length of the field. There was a crazy play that happened in the final minute where Beckman heaved the ball about 30 yards downfield. Chad Pullman, the receiver, came down with it. As he was coming down, the Calumet defensive back also grabbed the ball. So they came to the ground basically with both of them catching it. The Calumet player ripped it away. They originally thought it was an interception. Then one of the referees came over and said, no, 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 no. The receiver came down with it first. So they marked it a first down, keeping the Westwood drive alive. Ended up uh, a couple incompletions later, but, I mean, uh, a wild play that I really haven't seen two guys almost catching the ball simultaneously and coming down with it at the same time. That happened in the, Mar- in the Marquette game, too. I'm hoping mm. to ask Dave about that. I forgot to ask him last night, so I'm going to ask him about wow, it. Wow, how about show. that? This, this was a touchdown, though. Oh, a little bit more important. <laughs> a little more important, but very similar play. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, We'll so, get to that later. But yeah. Yeah, I mean... The fact that it happened twice in two different games mm-hmm. is pretty crazy. Not really what you expect. So that's, once again, Westwood lost to Calumet 14-12. They fall a 2-1. and one. Calumet now improves to 3-0. and oh. Would you say they are the best team in that Westpac division? Probably in their division. I would say, you know, you could still throw in the straight-up conference. You could throw Westwood and Ishpeming in there. Mm-hmm. Um but I would say in their half of the conference, I would say Calumet. Is that the Copper Division? I believe they are the Copper Division, the Iron Division. Okay. Although I think that's what they're called. I still hear people saying North and South. So, but there's no direction involved in this in these divisions. It's no. big and small. Yeah. I've heard big, small, A, B, now North and South, and Copper and Iron. Yeah. It's Which like, is better than Legends and Leaders. So there yes. You go. <laughs> yes. It actually means something. Yeah. <laughs> relatively speaking. Yeah. So that was the Westwood game. Uh, we would love to talk to Dion Brown, but he hasn't even played a game yet over at Gwynn. They play this afternoon. Didn't play last week either. No, they <laughs> didn't play last week. It's, I, it's been a drought. I think he's Dion. just trying to avoid us. It's probably the truth. So, but we did talk to him yesterday, previewing his game against the Lakes. Here is what he had to say. Dion, you had the week off with the canceled game against Manistique. What did you guys do with the extra time? Uh, lift weights and watch more film on Lakeland and Hubble and um, uh, practice uh, their offense against um, our defense. Their offense is really good. So that's what we've been doing, just try to critique a few things and um, just – Practice, more practice, 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 practice. That's a little bit more. I think we had practice every day last week, so it's a good thing for us. Were there any drawbacks, though, from missing that game? No, no, not at all. Um, it actually helped us because we had a few uh, bruises, you know, coming out of the Bark River game. Um, so that extra couple of days pretty much helped us out. And the good thing about it is our game is actually on a Saturday this week, so 
Saturday afternoon. So we got plenty of rest. Perfect. So you take on the Lakes. Uh, they have not gotten a win yet, but their offensive show has shown some big play potential. Uh, and you mentioned that offense. What about it makes it so difficult? Oh, man, they run that wing team uh, to perfection. Uh, usually, like, when backs carry out, they fake on that offense. They don't do it, but these guys do it. The quarterback is a really good athlete. The fullback is a good athlete. The line fire off the ball. They hit you with a lot of misdirection. Um, it's it's a it's an offense that you got to prepare for, and I'm glad we had a few extra days to prepare for it. But just when you think you prepare for it, uh, they 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 <laughs> show you that hey, um, it's it, it's a tough offense to defend. I was very impressed with them against the Istanbul game. Istanbul just um, had a few goal line stops against against them, uh, a few red zone stops against them, but they had it. They had their chance. They had plenty of opportunities. We're done with Gwynn head coach Dion Brown here on the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. What do you think needs to carry over from your week one win uh, in this game for you guys to get another win? I'll just be consistent on defense. Just be consistent on defense. That's the main thing that concerns me. Because like we were just talking about, like I just mentioned, that offense is really good. I mean, you can tell that those guys, they run that system well. And they got some de- decent athletes that can take it the distance on you, as you've seen. In the game last week, the fullback went, I think, 81 yards just off a, I think it was a dive or a trap. So you got to be prepared for it. But if we could just stay consistent on defense, I think we'll be fine. Now, defensively, what kind of looks do you think the Lakes are going to be showing you? Uh, I don't know. That's the weird thing because with our offense, we kind of spread you out. So we love for you to play one-on-one with my outside wide receivers because it's always an extra guy in the box against Tucker. So I'm thinking maybe a 40 or 50, but we'll just make that adjustment on our first drive. And before we let you go, Dion, question I've been asking all the coaches, and I asked some of the basketball coaches this winter, is is there a specific skill or trait that you think is usually lacking among younger players as they start to reach your level? Oh, yeah, fundamentals. I think fundamentals is, 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 is huge, especially me being a former defensive back and northern and everything. But you see fundamentals with these kids. It's just don't. Uh, you know, and, and I think that comes from a lack of not playing when they're younger or even just watching football or basketball or whatever sport they do. And then, like, they might play football for one year and then take two years off. And then now they're playing again as a sophomore or a junior. But the fundamentals of kids these days in sports, I think they don't. Because they just, it, it, there's no consistency with them. They, they ain't consistent in that craft. And I think that's a huge, huge thing that's missing in our kids these days is just fundamentals. I think if they can get more fundamentals, the better they ought to be in, in, in sports. How much more difficult does that make it for coaches to be able to get the team ready and, and focus on maybe a game plan when you're still having to worry about the fundamentals? Oh, it's, it's huge. It's big because now you're teaching kids something that they should have learned when they was in, you know, Pop Warner, fifth, sixth grade. Um, just the lack of understanding of football. Let's go specifically football. The lack of understanding football. Um, just, you know, those little things. And like I said, it comes from kids not playing or they taking two years. They'll play one year, then they take two years off. Or they, you might not see them again until your junior year. And now they don't understand the game and now you do teaching that and you barely have time to do it because you only get a certain amount of days with your kids so it's always huge i always tell kids you know if you're going to start football start it like fifth fifth grade 
and just continue to play. Don't take no don't take no years off. Just go. Well, Dion, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for joining us. Good luck on Saturday against Lakeland and Hubble. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. That was Coach Dion Brown of Gwynn joining us here on the ESPN UP Coaches Show. What do you expect out of the Mile Towners today? I think a win. Okay, confident I'm, in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, Gwynn is two and zero. Technically, they've only played one game. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, they look good in that first game. I watched Lake London Hubble in person, and Ishming pounded them pretty good. So it's. I think it's definitely a win. Gwynn will be three and zero and. Looking really sharp as they're trying to get that playoff berth. Yeah, Lake Linden's Hubble, Lake, Lake Linden Hubble's offense sometimes gives defenses a lot of problems with their mis uh, their misdirection. Their misdirection, they fake do a lot of fakes. But the defense has not been good. No. They've given up big scores in their first two games, so I think Gwynn will just be able to outscore them. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of talent on Gwynn's roster and uh, a lot of good skill players. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they can get open. They're gonna do as much damage as Ishming did to Lakeland, and they, it's, you know, the misdirection was cool to watch because I haven't seen like a team be that efficient at faking handoffs mm-hmm. and like just getting players to go the entire side of the field, but that defense just there's so many gaping holes in there, and they couldn't, and especially if you get a good blocking team, then you're gonna have a fun time with that defense. A fun time? Yeah. Well. Let's put it like you're going to have a good yeah. performance, so uh-huh. a fun time. Yes, yeah. defense won't have any fun. Yeah, defense won't have any fun. When we come back, we'll have more of our Saturday morning coaches show. Talk to Paul Jacobson from Nagani, Jeff Olson from Ishpeming, Dave LaHillier from Marquette, all still to come. Stick with us on ESPN-UP. Eagle Mine is a proud supporter of local high school sports. At Eagle, safety is our number one priority for our employees and our community, and especially for our children. With school back in session, that means sharing the road with school buses. Be alert and ready to stop when you see a school bus when overhead lights or warning lights are flashing. Let's all do our part to protect our children by keeping them safe. This message is brought to you by Eagle Mine. This is Justin Farley from the Bjorkenzalki Funeral Home. Being a former athlete, I always enjoy the support that has been shown throughout the local community for our local teams. Those positive cheers and endless support is a constant reminder to the athletes that their hard work does not go unnoticed. I'd like to say thank you to all of the athletes for working hard in the classroom, at practice, and in the field of play. The Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home supports and appreciates all of your efforts. Econo Foods is proud of its student-athletes that play for their schools and communities. They see their work ethic not only on the field of play, but also in their stores throughout the Upper Peninsula. The combination of academics, athletic skill, and a willingness to work hard makes them winners. Econo Foods salutes you. Sports and athletic competition bring out the best in our communities, and we want you to know we appreciate your efforts. Good luck this year to the Redmen and Redettes, the Miners, the Hematites, the Patriots, the Model Towners, the Hawks, the Mustangs, and all the parents and fans. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Here's Blake Froling. Rolling along on this Saturday morning. Thanks so much for waking up with us on the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. Blake Froling, Ryan Steeg with you in the studio. Just a moment, we will talk with Nagani head coach Paul Jacobson. They might have had the most dramatic game of them all. Uh, last second field goal? Yeah, it's hard to, <laughs> hard to top that. 
Especially since you don't see field goals in general. No, too much. I mean there's a lot. There's not a lot of teams up here that have even kick. They don't have kickers. They don't have kickers up here, and if they do, it's like they just start to grab a guy <laughs> and like kind of here kick for us. Not like they actually have a straight mm-hmm. up kicker. Like Nagani Marquette are the two of them that I know on the top of my head that usually have a kicker every year. I know Marquette does because they go to the soccer team if they don't have one. So. Right, they'll find somebody. Yeah. Just, just advance the ball pretty much on a kickoff is all you really need here. Basically, yeah. And uh, that's one of the games where you wish where you were at because it just it's such a dramatic ending. Apparently, you know, it was a back-and-forth game. Nagani driving all the way down the field, setting up the thing. I think Waterman had to take a knee, fall down to stop the clock. <laughs> I mean, it's it was just a fun game to even describe right now rather than just having to be at. So, um, yeah, probably the best overall game of the night. Well, I think we have Coach Paul <laughs> Jacobson on the line. Coach, you're on the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. You're with us this morning. Coach, can you hear us? All right, we'll, we'll we'll get back to him in a couple minutes. That could have been my fault as well. I, I mess this up all the time. It's early. Dude, how many times have you done this? <sighs> Not it's enough, your, apparently. <laughs> it's your last day going out with a bang. <laughs> a, more like a whimper. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, hopefully you can get Paul in a couple minutes. But, you know, good for Eric Salmonen, too. Uh to have the pressure be on him, all eyes are on him. Mm-hmm. Just it's you know it's hard enough for NFL kickers and college kickers. You know, imagine a high school kicker. Hey, go win the game <laughs> with this kick. Don't just like you know try to get some extra points or stuff like that. This is like win us our first. You know, get us our first win of the year. So you know, just kudos to him for being able to step up like that when the pressure is on. It uh, that's. Not an easy thing, but he was able to do it. All right, now we have Coach Paul Jacobson on the line. Can you hear us, Coach? Can you hear us, Coach? Something's not right with our phone system. Of course it happens on your last day. That's too bad. (laughs) That's how it always works. Let's see if we could try it one more time. Coach Jacobson, could you hear us? Yes, I can. Awesome. We finally got it. Sorry for the uh, <laughs> delay there. I'm so glad you could join us this morning. Not a problem, guys. Not a problem. Well, you had a heck of a game last night with dramatic finish at the end. Walk us through the final drive and the final kick. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it seems like, uh, you know, two minutes get the ball back with two minutes and four seconds left, and uh, a lot happened, a little amount of time. You know, we're able to, to push the ball on a field, a couple passes to uh, a nice pass to Drew Bouchain. Uh You know, we actually were able to use the, the clock better than we did in the first half. We we left some points on the field in that first half, the last drive, and, uh, you know, we didn't want to make the same mistake here. So, we, you know, a couple couple plays on the field, one nice pass to Drew, uh, a couple runs to our fullback, Peyton Anderson, had a great game last night. And, uh, centered the ball for Eric Solomon, and, you know, he's, uh, he's a solid kid. Uh, you know, he's gone been through a lot in his time. He uh, looked in his eyes before the kicker said, yeah, you got this. <laughs> went off there and knocked down a 27-yarder for us and went it. How clutch is that for a high school kicker, Paul? 
he's uh, he's in his second year with us. He was actually with us as a sophomore. He's had some uh, some health issues over the years that have, that limited his play. He can only kick, uh, and he, he's got a tremendous leg on him, you know. And we just we work on it. It's a daily thing. We work on it with him, and and uh, you know, with everything. And you guys know what this is. When you got a, uh, so many little pieces that people understand, you got a, a, a snapper and Theo Kumpel is a senior. Uh, he was spot on with it. You know, Keegan Irva catches the ball and he had a great hold and, and, and a kick. So, you know, the credit to those three guys uh, in, in that type of situation, you know, and that's why you rehearse these things. That's why you practice them so that when it comes time to perform, you know, it's just all it is is muscle memory and you knock it through like it's no, like it's no business. What do you think were some of the bigger differences for you guys in this game versus your first two that allowed you to get this win? You know, there's it, a difference. There's a fine line in having kids that, that have played high school sports all the way through. There's a difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. And, and you know, sometimes the playing not to lose thing comes up there where you're, you're hesitant, you don't want to be that person to make the mistake. Last night we had kids that, 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 that competed, that played to win and that i don't think was there in the first two weeks as much or as a whole you know as, as, as you know a conglomerate um so i think that was the big the true difference you know we, we really stressed it in practice this week um about how we need to play and and, and got back to the basics and and you know uh, uh, the kids responded well last night how do you think jason waterman played in his return. You know, I, I thought he, 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 you know, the biggest thing last night that we talked about on the radio with, uh, um, with, with my radio crew was, was poise. You know, last night for the first time, I think in his career so far, when it came down to it, he was cool, calm, and collective. He was poised and, and, uh, you know, we had some situations where, you know, we're in our two minute offense pushing the ball in the field. And, you know, two stances last night, I actually trained in the first and then the second half. And, yeah, just poised. You know, he came out of the offense. He knew what we were talking about. Uh, we were able to make some different checks at the line of scrimmage, and uh, he did a tremendous job last night. So now next week coming up, you have Manistique. How do you make sure the team keeps that killer edge of, of playing to win going into next week? You know, it's easy to show up and work when, when you've got a win on your belt now, and I think that's what these kids uh, look forward to. You know, they they put a lot of they put a tremendous amount of time in the offseason together working towards this point. And, and we have to stress that coming to practice and, and kind of roll up our sleeves again and, and approach it like we did last week and, and get back to the basics and look at what we're doing and, and continue to improve as a team. Well, Coach, appreciate your time as always. Go celebrate the win. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That was Nagani head coach Paul Jacobson. Well worth the wait, I would say. Yeah, well, he got to talk about an exciting win. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he um, – but, yeah, it's – like he said, to have that first win – I mean, it just, it's a great boost for you. You know, you can start to build on that. You know, they they probably should have won week one, so they should be one and one. Could have potentially be two and all. Oh. I mean, Waterman got injured in week two, and things kind of unraveled fairly quickly. But Nagani is a better team than their record. You know, I'll just come out and say it. <laughs> you know, okay. I know they're one and two, but I, they're a better, more talented team than their record dictates. So I... I think there's still potential for them to get a playoff berth. They just, if they can build on win this week, build on this last win, I think they'll be okay. So they've got Manistique coming up next week. You don't want to look too far ahead, but you'd probably assume that's a win. Well, Manistique lost 41 nothing last night, so. Ish, ooh. Ish, <laughs> 
at Ishpeming the following week, yep. which will be a tough game. Then they have Lons for homecoming, a couple games after that. So they're going to have to not necessarily win out, but come pretty close to it to make the playoffs. Yeah, you're, they're going to have to you know, really kind of kick into gear. Like I said, they need to build on this thing and keep getting wins that they need to get wins. I mean, next week should be should be a victory and then but they got some tough games in their slate they got to mm-hmm. play Ishpeming, who's undefeated right now and has been looking good the last three weeks so i mean they're on the dock it's still they got a lots team coming up that you know maybe a bit of a surprise this year you know they've been playing fairly well so it's it's going to be a, a tough slate for them but i think now that they got that first victory they'll be okay so nagani one and two now in just a moment couple minutes we will talk with Ishwing head coach Jeff Olson that was the game you were at right no no you were not at there (laughs) I was at the Marquette I thought I thought you said you're gonna be in Ishwing did you lie to me well I was but we the schedule got switched okay so So I'm not crazy (laughs) no you're not crazy I was at one point going to be there yes okay so we'll we'll count that from what I heard Ishwing passed the ball a little bit yeah uh, Ishming has been pretty uh, run heavy over the years, but if they have a good quarterback and a cap- or a capable quarterback, they like to throw the ball too. Might so. as well open up that offense a little bit. It's, it clearly worked uh, against a good Norway team too. They were able to beat forty six to nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> and twenty seven point victory. Yes. Oh, so you counted it out? I just, did count it out just yes. to make sure. I, I, I'm mentally awake now. At start the show, I was a little slow. But. Got your donkers in you, right? Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm well fueled. Would you pick out today? I picked out um, the pancakes. I had my favorite last week. I had the bacon waffle. It was very, very good. But I wanted to switch it up. I haven't had pancakes in a while. It's looking pretty good. I mixed in some mm-hmm. nuts and some chocolate chips, so it's pretty good. Delicious. I got the bacon waffle. I saw yours last week, and I said, "Ooh, I got to get one of those." It. Has it lived up to the hype? A hundred percent. We actually, two of us, Thomas over here, also got the bacon waffle. I'm sure he thought it was delicious. Yep, he's given us the okay. So thank you, Donkers, for fueling the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. We should add that as like an endorsement. They fuel. They do. It's <laughs> it's very true. You walk in here, let's be real, we're a little groggy. It yeah. was a late night. It was a late night. We're, you know, tracking on scores, broadcasting games. Yeah. I was all the way up in Calumet. You were up till what, 3 a.m.? About doing? 3 a.m., yeah. So we're walking in here. We need some fuel. And, and Donkers. Donkers provides that. Donkers provides Your it. tank is empty. It'll at least get you halfway there. Right, exactly. <laughs> in a delicious way. In a delicious way, yes. So we thank Donkers for helping us out in the mornings. When we come back, we will talk with Ishwaming head coach Jeff Olson. This is the ESPN UP Coaches Show. You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money. You want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven. That's our commitment to you. It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Marquette Big Boy presents the famous Slim Jim with a twist. The Turkey Club Slim Jim features slow-roasted turkey breast, bacon, and Swiss. The Italian Slim Jim features lean ham, pepperoni, and other Italian delights. The Veggie Slim Jim has red pepper hummus, feta cheese, mushrooms, cucumbers, pepper rings, spinach, and more. On the burger menu is a classic Big Boy, but also the Ohio Big Boy with signature Ohio burger sauce. The West Coast Big Boy with red relish and mayo. The Barbecue Bacon Big Boy and Fully Loaded Big Boy, U.S. 41 Marquette. 
Are you looking for a new vehicle with a payment that fits your budget? UB Catholic Credit Union is here to help. The Payment Saver Program is a low payment alternative to a traditional loan or lease. It offers lower monthly payments, no down payment, and a flexible loan term that ranges from 36 to 72 months. It's a perfect fit for anyone looking for a vehicle five years old and newer. Call UB Catholic Credit Union or visit us online for more information about the newest, easiest way to be in the car of your dreams. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Here's Blake Froling. All right, we've got a couple more coaches here on the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. Ryan Stieg, Blake Froling with you here. Next up, Ishpeming head coach Jeff Olson. They're still undefeated. Looking back to form, basically we, we, we heard all the hype in the preseason. If they stay healthy, they're going to be a force. So far, they've been showing that. Very much so, Um that was their big problem last year. They had talent on that team. But when you're eventually your last game of the year, you're down to, what, nine kids? Yeah, injuries basically wreck their year. But uh, from what I've heard, they're really healthy. And when they're healthy, they click. And that's basically what they've been doing for their first three games. I was at the Lake Linden game, and that was a fun show to watch. So, All right, now let's bring in our second coach of the morning, he is Ishpeming head coach Jeff Olson. Jeff, how are you doing this morning? Very good. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you so much for joining us. You get the big win over Norway. You always say it's a battle when you two face off. Uh, it got a convincing win. The offense was humming. What about that offense allowed you guys to kind of explode? Well, you know, I thought, um, you know, all phases of the game we played pretty well. And, uh, you know, the big thing is, is, you got to control the line of scrimmage, and I thought we did that well. Um, we were able to get our, our skilled kids out in the open, and you know they're not that big, and um, you know we need their, but they're fast and quick, and uh, you know if we can get them to the second level, you know we're doing well in our our, our interior line, our, our wing backs, our fullback blocked extremely well last night, and got them to the second level where they could where they could do some damage. Coach, we heard you pass the ball quite a bit last night. No, we only passed three times. Oh, um, <laughs> well, one of them was for a long for a touchdown. touchdown. Okay, well go. that yeah, yeah. it was yeah, effective. Well, yeah, I, I guess when you say we passed the ball a lot, three times is a lot for us. So you you weren't far off. <laughs> Um, but you emphasized the blocking when we were playing Lakeland and Hubble. When you guys were playing Lakeland and Hubble, you guys were just so effective with that line. And you said you preach it all the time. Is is it gotten even better since last week? Well, you know, I, I think we got better. You know, that's your you know that's your goal is to get better every week. And uh, um, Lakeland and you know they're not a very big team, so um, you know our bigger guys, our bigger linemen, um, did well against them. So I was I was worried about this game because uh, Norway. Uh, you know, has some bigger people. Um, they have some bigger line. They they, they come hard at you. Um, I think we're able to um, to get a little leverage on them. Um, you know, and have some blocking schemes that that really helped us. You know, I don't know if we you know dominated them on the line that people think, but we had some good schemes that uh, got our guys out in the open. So when you compare this team to your Ishmael teams from the past couple of years. Uh, that have struggled at times. If you look besides the injuries, what do you think are some of the main differences that have allowed you to kind of break out and start on this uh, this this great start to the season? Well, number one, we have great kids. Um, you know, and, and I always think you have a you have a chance to do some great things with great kids. And uh, 
you know our kids did everything we asked for the last for the last year um they're very giving they're very compassionate they they work hard extremely hard in the off season they're they're very close knit oriented team they do you know i think i said this they did a lot of community service um this summer <clears throat> when you have that and when you ask of them, of them you know when you ask a lot of them during the season they're going to give it and that's what they're doing right now and uh you know we do have one of the bigger lines that we've had you know our backfield isn't as big but uh you know it's you know the team is um you know we we do a lot we do a lot together and uh you know it's it's one of the you know most close knit teams that I've had um and uh you know everybody's doing their job uh you know and doing it well so you know i think that just that cohesiveness right now is 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 what's setting us apart from the last couple of years. Jeffrey, you're still healthy on the roster? Yeah, you know, we had a couple of scares last night. A couple of kids went down that, you know, looked might have been serious, but they they were able to bounce up. So, you know, it's it's nice to be in healthy, you know, and we haven't been for over two years and you know, we're gonna keep our fingers crossed. But um, you know, right now we're we're healthy. So next week you have the big matchup with Westwood. You weren't able to play them last year. What does this game mean for the team and for your season going forward? Well, it's a cross-town rival. And, uh, you know, anytime you get that when two teams are two miles apart, they know each other, um, that way that way's big, you know, because obviously you want to protect your own your own turf um, in your county. Um, you know, so that way's big. Um, you know, the big thing this year, though, it's not for, you know, we're not going to see them in the playoffs. They're not in our, you know, they're not in our conference. So, you know, that has a little tone to it. So I think it's more, you know, it'll be more the rivalry. And, uh, um, you, you know, each team obviously wants to beat the other team because they, they know each other. And they're a good football team. You know, that last to Calumet, um, they just, you know, I thought they dominated the game. But, um, you know, had those mistakes. So if they shore up those mistakes, uh you know, they're still a fantastic football team. Well, Jeff, congratulations on the win, and thanks so much for joining us here on the Coaches Show. Thanks. I appreciate it. That was Ishwaming head coach Jeff Olson joining us here on ESPN-UP. I'm mad that I'm going to be missing that game next week. Yeah, to, you have to get out on the loss, yeah. and then you have a really good rivalry game coming up. Oof. I have not seen Westwood play Ishwaming yet in football because last year the game was canceled. I'm disappointed. The games are usually pretty fun. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm intrigued about that one. I'm not sure if I'll be going to that one yet, but uh, it's definitely... I won't believe anything you say now because you're just going to switch it on me and make me look like a fool on air. Well, I just made myself look like a fool too, so there you go. Hey, that's all right. We're even now. (laughs) There's not a show that goes by where we don't do something makes us look bad. Yeah. That's kind of the fun of it. We've had phone issues too, so, you know. I'll blame the phone. Yeah. There we go. All the phones problem, not operator error whatsoever. Okay. When we come back, we'll we'll take a quick break. Coming up next, we'll have Dave LeHillier calling in from Marquette. That's going to be at around 9.50. But first, let's get to this word from the MHSAA. On the radio, you make the call on DPI and more on the radio. It's all next on This Week in High School Sports, powered by Michigan Student Aid, Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. Hi again, everyone. I'm John Johnson, and welcome to This Week in High School Sports. 
There are so many things about high school sports that help celebrate its local nature and community spirit. And one of them is local radio coverage of games on stations like you're listening to right now. And as this new sports season gets underway, there are a couple of stations celebrating a milestone together as this fall marks the 77th consecutive year they will be broadcasting local school games. WTCM came on the air in 1941 up in Traverse City and has been a family affair for its entire existence, owned and operated by the Biederman family. When Les Biederman launched that station in January that year, community members immediately expressed interest in the station broadcasting high school basketball games. The first conversations with Traverse City school officials were positive, so plans were executed for the broadcast. But shortly before the game, the story goes, Biederman was told the broadcast was off because of a fear that no one would read the story of the game in the local newspaper the next day. Jack O'Malley, the current program director at the station and a veteran high school play-by-play man himself, picks it up from there. Well, the town had already been told and they'd been promoting the fact that this would happen. So at 7 o'clock, when they were supposed to go on the air, uh, they announced that said, we were going to do the game tonight, but permission has been uh, revoked, so we can't do it. And then they left the microphones open so that everybody could hear uh, the uh, basketball dribbling, the crowd cheering. And about 15 minutes later, the superintendent was at Les's door saying that the phones have gone crazy, you've got to do the game. And they started with the game, and we've been doing high school sports ever since. Now let's go across Lake Michigan to the westernmost town in our state, Ironwood, where WJMS had already been on the air for 10 years, but 1941 being the first year of records found of the station covering high school basketball. Over the years, WJMS gave birth to some great sports announcers, most notably the recently deceased Bob Olson, who did play-by-play of Michigan Tech hockey for 35 years, and Joe Blake, who went on to Marquette to fame as a college hockey announcer for Northern Michigan. But the current-day announcer at the station, Rod Halverson, told us it was a third talent, Harry Rizzi, from whom he learned how to wrap his arms around the local teams. He made the games really personable. He would get to know the players by the first names. He wouldn't just use their last names. He would use first names sometimes. And that, that's how close he got to the programs, is that he would sometimes broadcast a game and use a lot of the first name of the players, which I thought was really a nice touch. I'm doing some of that now, and I'm, I'm trying to emulate the two guys before me, Terry Rivy and Gary Ayo. There's a lot more to this story, and you can check out my piece this week on the second half page of the MHSCA website. Back with more in a moment, you're listening to This Week in High School Sports. Do you need money for college? Michigan Student Aid is Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. They administer scholarships, grants, college savings programs, and other resources that help make college accessible, affordable, and achievable for you. See how they can help you today by visiting michigan.gov slash mystudentaid and connect with Michigan Student Aid on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. Our weekly Be the Referee segment takes a look into the fine art of officiating with Sam Davis. Let's check out your knowledge of high school football rules with You Make the Call. The quarterback drops back to pass and his intended receiver gets a step on the cornerback. As the ball approaches the receiver, the defensive player sticks his hands and arms out in front of the receiver's face without contact. The receiver loses sight of the ball and the pass falls to the ground. What's the call? A National High School playing rule instituted last year removed the penalty of face guarding without contact. The change brought high school football rules in line with collegiate and professional rules. The pass is incomplete, 
and there's no flag for defensive pass interference. Thanks, Sam. You can be a referee. Go online now to MHSAA.com to register. And now a closing word about our topic of the day. It was always a big thing growing up to watch the local radio guys show up at the gym, and even now as the landscape morphs with new local legends behind the microphones and a new delivery system in some places, the Internet, radio broadcasts of high school athletic events are still something that will continue to set these games apart from other youth sports, adding value to and preaching the values of these educational endeavors. Join us again next time for another edition of This Week in High School Sports, powered by Michigan Student Aid, a production of the MHSCA Network. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm John Johnson. We'll see you next time. We're back. It's the Coach's Show, Saturday morning. Uh, keeping going here, we've got one more coach left, Dave LaHillier. He'll join us in about five or six minutes from Marquette. In the meantime, why don't we look at a couple other scores from around the UP, a couple that stood out. Gladstone beat Menominee 14 to nothing. Menominee, good season last year. 0-3 now Menominee start really fell off this year. I think they lost quite a bit, and they were a, a powerhouse program for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So this might just be a off year for them, and maybe they'll be back next year, but it, it's still a little bit of a surprise. Iron Mountain bounced back from their loss to Westwood, beat Houghton 42 to nothing. Houghton looks like they're having a bad year. Yeah, this is not their year. Rebuilding year, yeah. we'll call it. Uh, looking around some of the other scores, Munising crushed Bark River Harris 58-8. to I know Munising was frustrated being 0-2, and obviously, but they were just like, they didn't feel like they were playing particularly well, and just to unload... <laughs> I mean, it was a good night for um, um, <clears throat> Josh Hootery, who's their quarterback. He had a great night, and um, Mason Shiding had a great job running the ball. So it was, uh, th- that was one where sometimes if Munising loses, we'll have to go find them <laughs> on the phone. But as soon as that game was over, they were blowing up the office Boom. phone, and they wanted to talk about it. So Of course. That's how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. You've got a lot of fans in Munising, right? I do. It's, kind of, <laughs> it's interesting. I guess, I guess they're... Fans of me and what I do, so hey. Hey, they should be. Well, thanks. West Iron County beat Manistique 41 to nothing. They are 3-0. and Another playoff team, I believe, from last year as well. Yeah. Um, West Iron's kind of one of those uh, forgotten schools. They're, you know, one of the smaller schools, but a, tr- you know, pretty good program the last few years, plus a wacky nickname, too. The Wycons? The they invented that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they invented their own nickname, but... Uh, I, I haven't seen West Iron play. I'm hoping at some point this year that maybe they'll come down to the county and we can be able to, you know, maybe if they come to, you know, come to Gwen or, you know, Ishmael mm-hmm. or wherever. I haven't memorized the schedule for all the major Marquette County you teams. You haven't? I usually come in each week, and I know where each team is playing that week, but then, you know, three weeks down the line, I have no idea. So, Two good games today. You had the you have the Gwen, Lakeland, and Hubble yep. game. And Escanaba is playing Detroit Loyola, hosting them. They went down there last year, and yeah. I believe they and won. won. So now they come back. Detroit Loyola two two and zero. Now that is going to be a phenomenal game. Yeah, it's Detroit Loyola is just this traditional powerhouse downstate and in D seven, and they and Ishming would have some classic battles. Ishming took two out of I think two out of three from them. So it's on the state title game. So. They're a very good team. Escanaba, um, I thought they'd be good last year, but I didn't think they'd go all the way downstate and pummel Loyola. Mm-hmm. So it's 
this is going to be an intriguing matchup. Not only does Gwyn have a chance to go 3-0, and but we'll see if Escanaba can do it again. Quick gut reaction prediction for that game, knowing nothing about Detroit Loyola. Oh boy, do I want to anger people or not? It's up th- to you. I think Loyola gets it done. Okay. Um, I think just Escanaba lost quite a bit. I think last year was like their their year, you know, making it so far in the playoffs. And everybody says, you know, they lost a lot of key players. So I think Loyola will come up here. It's not easy to drive all the way up here, but I think it'll be a closer game. But I think Loyola wins. All right, in a couple minutes, we'll talk with Marquette head coach Dave Lehillier. He'll be a happy man. Got the first win of the season. We'll get his reaction from last night right after this on ESPN-UP. Dave's Collision in Ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs, including metalwork, painting, and collision-related mechanical work. Dave's uses quality Exalta paint to ensure a clean, shiny, color-matched finish. With over 26 years of experience, Dave, with the help of his qualified staff, has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition. Make the right decision. Choose Dave's Collision. Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. Here at True North Federal Credit Union, we want to teach kids how to save responsibly right from the get-go. That's why we offer the Kirby Kangaroo Club to ages 0 through 12. The Kirby Kangaroo Club teaches kids how to save responsibly by offering them a punch for every $5 deposited into their account. They can then redeem those punches for fabulous prizes. We also offer the Claim Your Youth program to ages 13 through 17. The Claim Your Youth program teaches teens how to save responsibly by offering prizes for net deposits into their account. It's all available at True North Federal Credit Union. Member NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Here's Blake Froling. All right, final segment of the Saturday morning Coaches Show. One coach remains, and he is Marquette head coach Dave LaHillier. We'll talk to him in just a moment. Marquette beat Sault Ste. Marie 42-20, to get the first win of the season. Ryan, you were on the scene, verified this time. What did you see? I saw a team get a win that they really needed. Um, they started the year at 1-2. I feel bad for Marquette every year because their schedule is so brutal to start off. You know, it, it's almost... You don't want to say they're going to start 0-2 every year, but it's it's hard not to because they play both Traverse City teams. There's actually three down there, so it's kind of like a revolving circle, you know, West and Central or Central and St. Francis, that kind of thing. And it's just the, the TC teams are always so good, and it just it's a tough road for Marquette. But uh, they really bounced back. It was great to see. Everybody contributed. Um Ethan Martish had a huge game. We mentioned that at the start of the show. Um, 166 yards receiving and four TDs. So he definitely found his openings. <laughs> so, um, But, you know, Brennan Kasky did a good job getting him the the ball when he needed to. The running game actually was good. Robert Apple actually had a pretty good night, too, running the ball. I think he either had 90 or 95 yards rushing. So it was a pretty good night for everybody. Yeah, it was uh, offensive power kind of night. Some of those stats when I was just looking over them, kind of pop at you when you see him for the first time. And let's get that reaction from Marquette head coach Dave LaHillier. Coach, thanks so much for joining us this morning. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Feels a lot better when you wake up with a win. That's right. So tell us a little bit about that win. It was it was a, an aerial attack, it looked like, from you guys. The Brennan Caskey-Ethan Martish connection was alive and well. What did you see out of that offense that was a little bit different from the first two weeks? Well, obviously, having six back and 
uh, closer to 100%. I still don't think he's quite at 100, but, you know, game one, he was really probably, you know, maybe lucky to be 70% and just played on offense and we couldn't use him on defense at all. Um, but he was, you know, much healthier today. He kind of sat out for the last two weeks and uh, just kind of rested up and got himself, you know, healthy. And, you know, obviously, like I said, he's a, he's a difference maker on the field. And, um, you know, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't cover him. And really, you know, for the, the stats that we have, we only threw the ball 11 times. You know, Brennan was 7 for 11, and um, Ethan caught five passes and four of the, of the five he caught with for touchdowns. So it was pretty, uh, pretty efficient of, uh, of throwing the ball last night. And uh, running the ball, everybody contributed. I asked you that last night. Everybody stepped up for you. Yeah, that was good. Obviously, you know, without having Drew, um, you know, we needed other guys to step up. And Robert Apple, you know, rushed again for over 100 yards. Um, Brady Wright was close to 100 yards. And then Ethan uh, Hayes came in, and, uh, you know, he didn't play week one for us. And he was back this week, so that was that was a big uh, help for us. You know, he started at a defensive end and played uh, and got some reps at fullback and, and did a nice job. And, you know, they all kind of have a little bit different running style. And, it's, again, we're going to have uh, to be able to use all three of them because we need all three of them. Um, and then, uh, obviously, with being able to, to throw the ball and run the ball like we did last night, our, our offensive line did a great job of uh, protecting and, and uh, creating some holes. Now, last week, really the first two weeks when we talked, you said you were able to move the ball well kind of between the 20s and then struggled to finish drives. How different was that last night? Uh, again, it kind of goes back to six. Um, you know, Ethan was able to... to uh, to stretch the field, um, you know, the first time down there, we threw him a little hitch route. He uh, caught the ball and you know spun and, and, and beat the corner to the to the, uh, to the end zone on the first one. And uh, the second one, we kind of ran like a wheel post, and you know, again, he was able to uh, get separation. And, uh, and and Brendan threw a perfect ball. It's funny because all three of the all three of the deep routes, two were go routes, and one was a wheel route. And you know, all three Brendan put right on the money, and uh, you know, he finished dry, which was. Really good to see because, like I said, they really haven't had a lot of time together of, uh, of getting their timing down, but uh, they were both really on last night. Dave, on that Sault Ste. Marie touchdown, I was wondering if you ever got an explanation on that because I thought that was an interception in the I did, too. You know, they called it dual, dual possession, and obviously if it's dual possession, the offense gets the right to the, uh, to the catch. But I, I told him, I said, our guy in inside position, how does our guy have inside position has the ball in his hands first? And it ends up being ruled, you know, dual possession and we came up with it i mean he had the ball at the beginning and he had the ball at the end so i have no idea how they they came up with the call but that's you know technically the rule is right but i don't think the uh, the way they thought is the right way so but uh you know again that was kind of a fluke play they ran a uh you know halfback option pass and kind of scrambled around and threw it up for grabs and like i said i thought we uh we played it well we just didn't get the call um but you know defensively i thought we played really well we gave up that one goofy one there we gave up one late when we had our uh, our twos in, um, and I thought our defense made a big stand at the end of the first uh, the end of the first half. You know, it kept the, the score at twenty to one, fourteen to us, and then we were able to go up the second uh, second half and put two scores away up on the board. So that was a big stop for our defense, stopping them. Uh, you know, in the red zone. How big of a confidence boost is this for your team? Oh, we you know, like I said, we were, we did some good things the first two weeks, but. Uh, again, it's just a lot different feeling when you come off with a win. Um, you know, we, we're getting some guys healthy. We're getting a couple guys back, um, which is obviously, uh, you know, obviously key for us. Um, but again, it's just it was a, a good way to get some success early. Guys made some big plays when, when things didn't go well for us. 
And then, uh, like I said, we responded really well in the second half. We put three drives in a row together to get scores. And, uh, you know, our defense, you know, was 3-0, 3-0, two times in a row and made a punt, and we scored. So that was, uh, that was big. Well, Dave, congratulations on the win. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. All right. Thanks, guys. Dave LaHillier, a happy man after getting the win, uh, first yeah. one of the year. All coaches tend to be happy when they have the do the show in the morning after mm-hmm. a win. Uh, I did really want to ask him about that because it was such a weird play. Um, Sault Ste. Marie threw a ball in the back of the end zone. The receiver and the market defender, I'm not sure who it was, but they went up and got the ball, both grabbed it, and were coming down with it, but the Marquette kid had the ball in his hands when he landed on the mm-hmm. turf. So I'm thinking, well, that's an interception. Then they rule it a touchdown. So I'm wondering what happened there. And Dave was wondering that too, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I guess they ruled dual possession. But I was, I was thinking hmm. the same way. The Marquette guy came down with it. <laughs> it's know? just weird. Yeah, it was, it was a bizarre explanation. But you know, Marquette came out on top in the end, and you know, that's the important thing. All right, we have a couple minutes left. Want to do some quick power rankings? Sure. What do you want to do? Top three or top five? Well, why don't we do three and see if uh, we can add a couple more in there. Okay. Number one, who would you go with? The entire UP or just the area? Uh, I mean, if if there's a difference, you can differentiate, <laughs> but maybe somewhat locally, maybe Westpac, local kind okay. of thing. Okay. I would say number one, I'd probably go ca- uh, I'd probably go Calumet right now. Okay. Over Ishpeming. Um, just because I just, after shutting down Westwood, you know, um, and coming out with a win, I'm giving them the ledge. I'll put Ishming number two, and I'll say Westwood three. I would go Ishming one, okay. then Calumet two, then Westwood three. Okay. So it'll be close. I, I, I was torn, but I'm just like, you know, Ishming, all their wins have just been so dominant, and whereas Calumet's has kind of had to gut out a couple wins, and they, that game against Westwood, it came down to the last few seconds. Mm-hmm. So just that pressure situation, I'm giving it the edge. I think if... Ishman plays Westwood, and Ishman comes out on top, and it's tight. You know, I think they'll make their claim that they're the better one. That's going to be a very, very good game. Westwood looking to get back on track. Ishman trying to roll after not playing them last year. Man, I'm I'm really mad. I'm going to miss that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, Ishman is entertaining to watch. I haven't seen Westwood play at all this year. But um, I was pretty high on them at the start of the year. I thought this would definitely be a playoff team, potentially one that could make a deep run. Um, Ishming, I thought if they stay healthy, they'll have potential. And I still think if they can stay healthy, they can make a deep playoff run. That's really what it's going to come down to. I don't think it's a lack of talent in any way. It's, it'll be if they can hold off on the injuries. So give us, do you have like a team or two that maybe is just on the outside looking in at, at those top three? Oh, uh, boy. Um, maybe I want to say if they can come out and get a win today, maybe Gwyn, um, because they'd be starting off three and zero. I mean, granted they they didn't play a game, but still three and zero is something to be proud of. Um, West Iron Coning, I'm hearing good things about them. Uh, those are the ones off the top of my head. Um, I think you know Iron Mountain, they're two and run right now, but. You know, I'm not really sold on them. Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else. Hancock, I'm not. I haven't seen them yet. I've heard they're pretty good. Um, obviously, gave Nagani a good fight. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it it bites because I get a lot of teams around the area, and I know how they're doing. But I don't get 
the games I get to cover are usually the market county teams playing the other market county teams. Mm-hmm. So I don't get to see a whole lot of the teams on the outskirts. So um, I hope that I can to see them more as the season goes along. But uh, it's hard to judge right now mm-hmm. because it's still pretty early in the year. But those would be the ones I'd go with. All right. We're almost out of time here on the Coaches Show. My final Saturday morning Coaches Show. I want to thank all the coaches who have called in these couple years. Even, you know, 9 a.m. is tough for us, but it's even tougher for them. Coaching a full game, a lot of them watch the film right afterwards. They all call in as much as they can, and we really appreciate them doing this and, and being honest with their answers and open. And, and uh, it's been a joy to cover these uh, coaches and athletes' teams around the area. Uh, the football here is excellent, and I've been spoiled, and uh, I'm really going to miss it up here. And I really appreciate you, Ryan, for coming on every week. Uh, I know you would, you know, this is tough for you coming in from being up at 3 a.m., but you gut it out every week. Great at this hour. Nobody's okay. is at this hour, yeah. but we. I really appreciate you doing this with me. No problem. It's been fun. Yeah, it's it's been real. Very much so. All right. For one final time, you are listening to ESPN UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.